This series of Friday's Child is brought to you in association with The Healthy Home. I don't know about you mamas, but my desire to nest and organize my home has only increased since the arrival of my daughter. I am obsessed with making sure my home is clean and hygienic for my little one, but there are certain germs and nasties that cannot be seen by the naked eye. Well, this is where the wonderful team at The Healthy Home come in. The Healthy Home is the leading company in the Middle East specialized in advanced eco-friendly sanitization technologies, home services and products. Their esteemed team have been expert leaders in the home services industry since 2013, so they really know what they're doing. As we enter the height of the sweltering summer heat here in the UAE, we are all going to be spending a lot more time in our homes and our AC systems are going to be working overtime. So now is the perfect time to get the healthy home team in to make sure your home is free of impurities that cannot be removed by regular cleaning methods. And if not managed properly, germs, bacteria and viruses can be spread across your home through your AC. Poor indoor air quality can trigger allergies, asthma, eczema, morning fatigue, itchy eyes and even bed bugs. So protect your family and have peace of mind that your home is not only clean, but safe. I recently had the Healthy Home team in to clean and sanitize my baby's nursery, including her crib mattress along with my mattress. And if you want to see what came off my poor mattress after the team had worked their magic, check out my highlighted stories on the Friday's Child Instagram page for a real shot. All their treatments are chemical-free and eco-friendly, so they're 100% safe for infants and children. It felt so fantastic to know my baby's mattress was thoroughly cleaned and sanitized, along with the rest of her nursery. And mamas, guess what? These treatments don't just give you peace of mind that everything is beautifully clean. The benefits also include better breathing, better sleep, and improved energy levels. And I'm delighted to report we all slept very soundly through the night after that one visit from the Healthy Home team. The Healthy Home has quickly become an integral part of our home maintenance and I've already marked on the calendar our next visit as it's very important to have these treatments every six months to maintain all the fabulous health benefits. If you'd like to find out more about the Healthy Home Services, just visit their website www.thehealthyhome.me or check out their Instagram page, both of which are linked in the show notes of this episode. Welcome to a brand new series of Friday's Child, the podcast on a mission to educate, empower and support you on your parenting journey. I'm your host, Peter, a British expat who's been living in Dubai for 10 years and first-time mama to my gorgeous little girl, Mavia. I have some incredible guests for you this season, including Heidi Murkoff, the author of the iconic, best-selling book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, YouTube star, Nurse Zabe, along with amazing childbirth educators, parenting coaches, and real mums keeping it very real. So let's get into it. My guest today is a powerhouse of a woman and someone I've already had the pleasure of interviewing a couple of years ago for series one of the podcast. Rhiannon Downey Hurst, aka Rio, is an award-winning multifaceted entrepreneur. She is the founder of Bride Club ME, Home Club ME, and is a business consultant and mentor here in Dubai. Today, Rio and I chatted all about the topic of one and done. And if you haven't heard this expression before, 
well, you're in for a treat. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the brilliant Rio. Rio, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Or welcome back, I should say, because you were one of my very first guests on series one. And we spoke all about sort of your career and business journey, which we're going to touch on a little bit today. Um, So if anyone wants to find out more about how you created Bride Club and Home Club, please go back to series one and you can um, you can listen to mine and Rio's chat there. But today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different. so Rio, can you start by telling us a little bit about your motherhood journey? You're a mum of a beautiful boy called Kai. So yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a mum? Yeah, um, yes. Yeah, so I have a little boy. His name is Kai. He's four. Um, and we were married. Actually, we were together for quite a while before little Kai came along. Um, and the moment we decided we wanted to go for it and be parents, uh, we felt pregnant straight away. So we didn't have much fun trying. Um, but, but yeah, it happened straight away. Unfortunately, I lost my first pregnancy. And then six months later, I fell pregnant with Kai. So he was my little rainbow baby. Um, and yeah, it's just been a roller coaster ever since. So motherhood has been incredible um i love being a mum i absolutely love being a mum um but it has been difficult at the same time very difficult especially the first i would say the first six months for me so far were the hardest yeah i remember when we chatted before on the podcast Mm -hmm. and i remember asking you like something like you know what's your advice and i wasn't pregnant at the time um you know for like juggling everything and being a mom and you were like get help and i've been thinking about you <laughs> so much recently because i'm like damn yeah rio was right you need help it takes a village oh my god because i was in denial for the yeah. first four months i was like i'm gonna do everything on my own like this is fine i can manage everything and then slowly the cracks started to appear and i was like okay i cannot do everything this is not this is not realistic. Like I am one person. Um, and that's always kind of stuck in my mind when you were, when you were telling me about that. That was the best piece of advice I got. Actually. I was like, uh, one of my friends was like, Rio, don't be a martyr for God's sake. (laughs) Shit. You know, I mean, I guess it would be different if I didn't have businesses and, um, you know, like I could, I could have stayed home and not have to simultaneously run businesses. Um, But at the same time, even if you don't, just being a stay-at-home mum is so overwhelming in itself. And not having any help and not having any, um, you know, not having even your parents to come and fly out and help you. Like my mum couldn't come at the time. Um, so I was stuck in this like ivory tower. I had no access to a car. Um, my husband went back to work after five days. Um, I was trying to still run my businesses remotely or my business at the time, Bride Club remotely. And I had this new life, no experience. And I refused to get a nanny or refused to get any help um, because I wanted to do it all. And I thought I could do it all. Um, and I think it was in the sixth month is when I decided to actually get help. So it started off with hiring fully trained professionals mm-hmm. with first aid, 
you know, training and childcare qualifications through Malak. Yeah, Malak's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, just to watch Kai for two hours at a time while I went and hosted a meeting or while I went and, and did like three hours of, you know, uninterrupted yeah. admin. Um, and I was, you know, really nervous, watching my phone every second, asking her to send me photos. But gradually that, that nerve kind of lifted and the trust started to evolve and I started to feel more comfortable leaving Kai in the care of a professional. Um, but then, you know, work really kicked off again. The wedding season um, restarted up because mm-hmm. I had Kai in February. So I actually had the wedding season. It runs from November through to April. Yeah. So I was kind of at the tail end. So I had the whole of summer kind of to really enjoy my baby, but I still had to do work. But then the wedding season kicked off and I was like, right, I need full-time help. I cannot do this. Um, and I hired my wonderful nanny, Nilu. I interviewed 15 women. I was hardcore. Yeah. Um, wasn't willing to take any risks at all. And she's been with us nearly four years now. Well, four, three and a half years. She's that is amazing. amazing. And yeah, I've, yeah. I've just gone through this myself and I found the whole, I just found the whole process really overwhelming and like I would have these ladies come in and they would seem really sweet and I think yeah no she's nice and then she'd leave and like I'd be in tears just at the thought of like leaving my baby with them um but Touchwood we found someone really wonderful and I feel now really comfortable and I'm I went from I went from like you like no I'm gonna do everything to like maybe it would be quite nice to okay I'm going to have to accept help because else I can't actually do anything else. And it's a real like battle to, you love your child and you of course want to be the best mom, but you also have other things you want to do. And it's really hard to like not feel guilty about that. Like you can be more than just one thing just because you're a mom. Yeah. I mean, look, Being a mum to me is a massive part of my identity, but it is not my full identity. I don't feel like it's my only calling. Um, And I, you know, I I do not begrudge any mother for her decision. Like if she decides she wants to be a stay-at-home mum and and raise a brood of five children and live in a farmhouse and grow her own vegetables, you know, like more power to you. Do you know what I mean? Like she doesn't want any help. If she has the capacity, the mental and emotional and physical capacity to do that, go for it, right? I am not that mum, right? I love business. I love entrepreneurship. Mm. I love connecting people. I love organizing. Um, Equally, I love motherhood, right? So I have created this balance where, and it's taken me a while to get there, but it's where I'm, I'm able to fulfill those facets of my personality Mm. but I cannot do it alone I need a support system I need a husband who is hands-on when he is here with our son I will not accept him shirking his responsibilities you know yes he might be tired when he gets home from work well so am I when I'm I'm home from work so we have this partnership and when we're with our son we're with him 100% you know at the same time if I have a work commitment and I have an event I'm organizing or, you know, I, I'm at the Arabian travel market like I am for three days, 
I make my nanny well aware that this is the situation. This is what it's going to be like for three days. These are the times I'm going to be home. Please send me photos, updates. Mm. Um, call me when Kai's home from nursery. I'll speak to him. And then when I'm back, I do bath, bedtime, yeah. dinner, whatever, you know, like, so we have this system and it's working now. Um, That's really encouraging to hear. Cause I think, you don't really know what kind of mum you're going to be until you're in it. And you also yeah. don't know what your desires are going to be. Some women yeah. leave incredible careers because actually no, they want to be at home. Some yeah. it ignites something in them and they think, no, actually I've had an idea or I want to go back to work or so you don't know until you're in it. Do you? And it's, it can be a real, you like no you can feel very no torn idea. and confused as well. Like, Oh, didn't think I'd feel that way, you know, and yeah. until you're in the thick of it, yeah, it's really shocked me how I felt about the whole thing. Um, yeah. And also it's always changing as well as they're changing because that first year it's just constant change, isn't it? Yeah, constant. Like they're developing at the speed of lightning and, you know, the, these new things like crop up like, oh gosh, you know, the toddler tantrums are starting now. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, food and, yeah. you know, maybe health issues, constipation, like all these things. There's always and something. Especially if you're a working mum, it's like, great. Okay, so now I'm going to have to like take a week off work to potty train. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like just things like that. Um, that's what I did. I, I, I yeah. cancelled all my meetings and I was like, I want to focus on potty training this child. We're going to get it done. I can relax. And then I'm going to go back yeah. to running my businesses. But every um you know every parent has their own journey and you know i have a cousin who was you know a very ambitious performer singer out till 3am you know gigging and everything she had a baby everything has changed yeah she now wants to she wants to go and buy a farmhouse she wants to run um, an organic mushroom farm she wants to have more children it's like her whole yeah you know, vision of what she wanted in life has changed. So I think we need to stop judging mums for their decisions. I think the main thing is the main priority, whether you're a stay-at-home mum or a working mum or anything in between, like you and I, is that our children are happy mm. and loved. Yeah. That they're happy and loved. I could be a working mother and at any given moment when I'm with my child, be on my phone, staring at my phone constantly, not giving him the attention he needs, not loving him, not, I could be that, the same, that same type of mother being a stay-at-home mother, yeah, you know? Yeah, completely. We need to give our children the attention they deserve when we're in their presence, make sure the people that are caring for them when we're not in their presence are good, safe, loving people, um, and, you know, I feel like we're doing a good job. Our son's, you know, a good boy. <laughs> He's happy. Yeah. So. Such a happy um, son. You've, all, you've always been very, I've really admired your boundaries. You've always been very like, I'm with Kai now, so we'll talk later. Or we'll pick this up tomorrow. For anyone listening, yeah. like Rio and, and I have worked together. I've worked for you over the <laughs> years. So, um, like, you've always been very like, no, now I'm with Kai. And I think it could be so easy because our, our lives are on our phones to like, even yeah. when you're with you and I do it sometimes I'm like, I'm just, Oh God, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, on I, the nursery floor, but that. I catch myself and I'm like, Peter, put your phone away. Like I don't want her growing up with you just having this thing in your hand all the time. Yeah. 
and you know, I think it's a, a parental it global problem. We're, it is. We're all addicted it, yeah. to our phones. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's just being conscious of it, being conscious that, okay, you know, I'm with my child right now. I'm in his presence. I haven't seen him all day. I need to put this phone down. Like there's yeah. nothing more important in life than this child that's in front of me right now. So consciously I have to continuously tell myself that because I do live my life, my business is yeah. on my phone. So I think it's just being a conscious parent, you know, everything we do with conscious of how we're parenting and and what children are just so they're sponges they just absorb everything so yeah they do I want to chat about a post you did um a few days Mm -hmm. ago so you did a post on your personal Instagram um for Mm -hmm. anyone that wants to go and check it out your handle is at Rio Captures um and the sort of theme of the post was one and done which isn't actually an expression I've heard before. Um, (laughs) You were obviously a parent to an only child, as am I. Mm. I think it Mm. only took about two months before someone was asking me when I'm going to have my second. Um, And I don't think it's a topic that people talk about a lot. And I had one person say to me, it's really cruel to only have one. And I am very much in a headspace of, I think I only want one. I, I really do. So let's talk a bit about that. Well, personally, I think it's really cruel to give unwarranted and on, unasked for advice like that. So whoever said that needs to check themselves. They said but, it's so um, blasé as well. Like, just so yeah. blasé. Like, you have to have more than one. Well, I, no, what if I can't have that. more than one? Like, am I a terrible person exactly. then? <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. So, again... To me, it's all down to kind of emotional intelligence, empathy, and it's no one truly understands people's reasons for what they do and why they do it um, and their choices, right? Uh, A couple may, may only have one child for a variety of reasons. It could be that they know that's all they want is one child. They have the mental and, as I said, emotional capacity Mm. to have one child they do not feel it's right to have a second child just because society tells you to because they know that will disrupt the dynamic of whatever good thing that they have going on okay it's their choice and it's their it's their priority it's it's, it's their prerogative there are people that are infertile and they choose not to go through consistent prodding poking ivf or they can't afford to because they live here and it's extortionate Whatever, there are so many different reasons. Somebody could be having miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage and not telling the world about it, you know. And your comment is a dagger that is already being placed in, into a very painful place. So for me personally, I, it was never, you know, we only want one child and that's it. I always envisaged, ha- envisaged having three children. Like, that's what I wanted I had Kai, I had a high, I would say a a high needs boy, very energetic, never slept for the first two years. I had chronic insomnia. Um, Rio, how was that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that he um, had trouble with his sleep. I was chronically sleep deprived for two years. It was horrendous, horrendous. Um, I mean, I remember going to an event, we went back to England and I was, I think I had like literally one and a half hours sleep the night before, like solid one and a half hours sleep. 
And I just broke down in tears in front of my, like, at the time, 85-year-old grandma and her friends. And then, like, all of them come around me. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't sleep. Kai's not sleeping. What am I doing wrong? And then all of a sudden, I just had all these kind of different opinions coming to me. And uh, But, yeah, no, he was... Basically, he was waking up every like hour for the boob. I breastfed him till like, till he was three, and um, he was waking up constantly for breast milk. Um, and it wasn't until like we fully embraced um, co-sleeping that I actually started to have decent Some sleep. Decent sleep, yeah. Because I would just roll over and flop the boob out, and then you know, and I would kind of get sleep, but it was still broken. And, you know, again, no judgment to mums on what they do, but I refuse to do cry it out. I yeah. tried it for 30 seconds after seeing a sleep consultant and it wasn't for me. I, I broke down in tears and just felt terrible. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously now he's sleeping well through the night. It's amazing. But, and I had, you know, my, the birth was a little bit difficult. Um, I gave birth naturally, but... I was cut and also tore and everything. So, and I suffered from medical issues afterwards, which means um, conceiving a child um, along with my husband's testicular cancer, second baby, wasn't going to be an easy process. Yeah. Um, as you know, the healthcare here is extortionate unless you have health insurance. So but even then it's while. extortionate when you're paying for it privately it's exactly it's so we couldn't afford certain things um and only now can we and now my egg reserve is low we don't want to go through um, IVF or fr yeah. freezing eggs or any of that we're very happy with our beautiful son we feel completely blessed I'm 40 now um so there's all these little factors that play a part in the, why we may not be having a second child. We haven't closed the door. This is what I'm saying. We haven't closed the door. But what I do not want and what I do not appreciate and what I don't want to do to other people is question their choices or question the reasons why they have five children, none or one. Mm -hmm. It's no one's business. It's not selfish. It's selfish if you have five children, three children, one child, and you don't love them, or you don't care for them. You don't, you have severe issues yourself and you're bringing a child into this world, yeah. you know. To me, if I see a single parent family and I see that they're loving that child, that they're giving that child everything, not to be, you know, grow up to be a spoiled brat, right? Well, this, is, this is the connotation with one. Is that but they're going to be spoil and that no, they're not going to be Exactly. And it really annoys me because I have loads of friends that don't have siblings and they're great people. Why is there this like, exactly. oh, well, if, you, if you're an only child, then you're a bit weird and you don't know how to socialize. What is that? No, no that's down to parenting. Mm. If you have a single child and you don't allow them to socialize and you're overprotective because you only have one child and you're like, no, you're not going to stay overnight at your friend's house. And no, you're not going to do this. And we're only going to see these people. And, you know, obviously, well, most of us are doing that these days, COVID, yeah. but uh, God knows the generation we're bringing up. But we have to, again, we have to be conscious of this behavior. We have to be conscious. If we raise a child, and I'm not a child psychiatrist, I'm not an expert. I'm a mum. 
but I look a lot into child psychiatry. I follow a lot of child psychologists. Mm. I find it fascinating. Yeah. And it's parenting. It's parenting. If we raise our single children or our two children or our three children with morals, ethics, love, all of that jazz, they're going to grow up to be well-rounded children, whether they have siblings or not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I think we should also allow ourselves to say things like, I don't know if I want to do it again. I don't know if I want to go through all of that again. I am so lucky I have and I love my baby, but I don't know if, if I want that. Like, oh yeah. yeah, everyone says, you know, oh, but you know, she should have a brother or sister. Yeah, but I'm the one that's got to carry the baby for nine months and then give birth to it. And then exactly. basically be, you know, at home all the time with it for the first six months. Like, that's, that's all on me. And I don't know if I want to do that. And we should be allowed to say that. It shouldn't be this like, oh, how can you not want to have another baby? Yeah, or they, or they must only have uh, they must only have one because they, they can't have another. Well, that's not true. There are people yeah. that have children. And I'm part of a group for anyone listening that does have one child that wants a bit of support because they get all these silly comments directed their way. It's called One and Done. That's where I got the title from. Is it a Facebook, so Facebook group? Yeah, it's oh, a Facebook brilliant. Group group called one and done by choice Mm. so these are for parents who have chosen not because they can't physically or whatever they have chosen just to have one child and the i mean the conversation there is fascinating there are so many different reasons as to why people have chosen to have one child one is because just an example a very traumatic birth very traumatic pregnancy almost lost their life etc right or um, they have, uh, you know, a child that is very, very needy in many, many ways, and they don't know if they have the emotional capacity to be able to do that again. Yeah. Then there are people that financially, they're like, this is what we can afford, and this is what we want. Um, And then others, for environmental reasons, you know, maybe they had their first child, um, and then they've become more aware of what's going on, etc. And they just don't feel that there is a need for them to produce another human in the world. Um, So there's so many different reasons, but it's fascinating to see these topics that are brought up. And a lot of them rant a lot about the comments they get every day from family and... (laughs) And also, you know, the financial aspect is something that people don't talk about as well. You know, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of TikTok videos, um, I'm completely addicted to TikTok now, um, of <laughs> mums, in, it, yeah. mums in the UK yeah. saying, hang on a minute, why does the system not encourage me to work and provide for my family? I cannot afford to put my child in nursery full time because I'm a working parent. I don't get any support, but if I didn't work, then they would support me. Or if I was a single mom, I would get the support. I cannot afford childcare whilst I go to work. So, and here, I mean, like anywhere in the world, but here as well, you know, schools are very expensive. (laughs) We don't really have any, um, sort of public options there so like that's something also that you don't know someone's financial situation once your Mm -hmm. child is going to nursery and school that is a huge financial investment so especially here terrifying like I literally have no idea what we're gonna do um so that's another thing that you know before you start making comments just think Mm. well maybe this is what they can afford and that's their choice. That's their, that's their circumstances. And that's the decision they've made. Um, yeah. 
because how stressful to bring a child into the world and then be so stressed and worrying about how you're going to provide yeah exactly I mean that was earlier on that was one of the factors of us Mm. you know possibly not having a second was financial because I'm an entrepreneur my husband was at the time working in a role where you know his boss was increasingly not paying him on time and things like that so the thought of bringing another child into that situation delayed any notion of having a second child yeah um you know and but then you would get comments like oh you'll find a way there's always a way you know you know like children bring blessings and money and things like that and it's like okay but do I want to take that risk no do you know what I mean yeah um but it's funny because usually we hear of parents putting like the grandparents or the parents putting a lot of pressure for a second but our parents have been completely the opposite which I find interesting so yeah mine is the same they're like oh no just stick at one just stick with one you've got your one now don't you don't need another we're like why are you you saying that (laughs) um but that's good because we have their support like they never kind of put any pressure but other family members make comments friends strangers you know people a lady at the salon doing it you only have one child or you need he needs a sister you know yeah it's but I found I found that with um just generally especially when she was a newborn I'd be like out and about and if she'd be crying I'm not joking this would happen every single time I went out someone in a shop would say I think she's hungry I'm oh, literally yeah. like, oh yeah, no, you're right. I'm starving my child. Like, go away. The like, it would happen advice. all the the unsolicited advice from absolute strangers and people in shops and and it and it never felt like it was helpful. It was just like, okay, yeah, fine. like it's different if you see someone having an absolute breakdown and you go over and you say, can I give you a hand? Or that's different. Yeah. But just kind of like blurting out unsolicited advice. It's just it used to drive me insane. It happened less now. But in those yeah. early days, I'd literally be like, what is this? Like, why do people keep making comments? I know. I, I, I don't know. I think everybody's got an opinion, don't they? They're like a-holes. Yeah. Everyone's got one. <laughs> and um, I, yeah. I, My I don't husband. Know, but I, I was just going to say, yeah. Rami, Rami never really experienced this until very recently we were out and we were trying to put her in the carrier. And mm. a lady in a shop was like, she doesn't like it, sir. And he just looked at me like, <laughs> like what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this used to happen to me all the time, by the way. He's like, what is yeah. that? Like, what? And it really, yeah. like, got his back up because you feel like you're being attacked as a parent. You feel, yeah. feel like, oh, yeah, you're all I don't miss that. Yeah, I don't miss it. I mean, I'm already does it getting continue, it. Continue though, as they get older. Yeah, no, it does for different things. I mean, Kai has really uh, his teeth are not in a good state, and you will get people that will assume it's because I am not, we are not brushing his teeth, or we're feeding him candies, which is completely false. He brushes his teeth twice a day. Um, doesn't eat candy. I'm quite strict with sweets and things like that. We'll have treats now and again, yeah. but you know, like it's not excessive. And um, there's a reason for that. It's because he's on something called Movacol, which is a daily a daily dose because he suffers from chronic constipation. He has done since he was a baby. It's getting better now. But there's a link between Movacol mm. and tooth decay, which we're learning now. But there are people that will make comments and 
you know, like, oh, why have you left it so long? Why haven't you gone to the dentist straight? Well, we did, but we were frightened. We were told all his teeth need to be removed by one dentist, by another dentist. We were told something else by this, you know, and it's just, it never ends. And I think it won't end until, you know, we're gone. I think yeah. even like my, you know, my grandma gets stressed at comments made about her children sometimes, mm. you know, it's just, I think once you become a parent, and this is why some people choose not to have parents, uh, kids, because they just don't want to deal with that. They enjoy their life. They're quite happy with, yeah. with you know, the freedom that, that they have, not having children. And, you know, good for them. Because unless you're willing to give up that part of your life, mm. which you will when you have children, yeah, for anyone thinking of having kids. I was having a, a conversation of, about this with someone very recently and I'm going to get it, them to it, listen to You this. do sacrifice and you are putting yourself up for consistent judgment. It's always going to happen. And also, I feel like you will never, this is how I feel anyway, I will never be completely relaxed ever again. I will no. always be thinking about her. What does she need? Is she okay? I will never be able to just think about myself. That is not my, that part of my life is over now. And I will always have one tab open for her. For exactly. Even when she's 30, is she okay? Yeah. Did oh that, goodness, did that meeting yeah. go well? Is everything like that is, and it, and of course you'd have that for the people you love as well, but it's different. It's like in it's your, totally it's, it's like, yeah it, it you will never and sometimes that scares me a bit i'm like it oh, is terrifying yeah. i say it's like having your heart on the it's like wearing your heart on the outside literally your heart is open on the outside when you have a child and i think what i've noticed is, is that some people that suffer from anxiety that have um one child don't go on to have more because i think that um, I mean, I, so I think, I haven't, I'm diagnosing myself here, but I think I suffer from mild anxiety attached to my child. So the thought of having double that with a second child frightens the life out of me. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm just managing the anxiety I have now with the one child. So, yeah. I know I have capacity to love more than one child. But I don't know if I can deal with the this feeling. This but that's the thing. There's feeling. more to it than just that. It's not, mm. isn't there? Being a parent, yes, you love your child. But there's there's all this other stuff that comes with it that, like, yeah. you have to have capacity for. It is not just I love my child. Well, yes, but then there's all this other stuff, the worry and the constantly thinking ahead, like, what does she need now? And it's like... It's constant. Yeah. And before I had some help, that was what was really tipping me over the edge because I could never fully be present for anything. Because no. even if I was doing a podcast, the monitor would be there. I've got one eye on the monitor. I'm literally like, well, she could wake up any minute or, you know, yeah, gone to bed I and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just starting to eat my dinner and I'm like slightly on edge because I'm like, what if she wakes up and I don't get to finish my dinner? Yeah. And I'm like, it gets better. Gets I'll tell you, it thing, gets yeah, better, would get better. But it never goes. Like, we, yeah. my husband and I, we haven't been out together for such a long time and we were, we were going to meet um, like a business mentor in that, in the SLS hotel, beautiful, the Italian restaurant with the gorgeous views. Oh, it was our first time out, first time meeting someone like to talk business and stuff, really excited. I don't know why, but I had this feeling, I just had this feeling. I kept looking at my phone 
and you'll get this, the nanny call, your heart goes <gasps> like that. You're like, what's wrong? What's going on? Why? Why is she calling me? The nanny call. So, you know, Kai was throwing up straight away. I was like, I'm so sorry. We've got to go. We literally went, you know, you just, it's, it's that's yeah. just the way it is, you know, but, um, you do get these get weird better. feelings, don't you? You get these yeah. weird, like, I get it. I'm like, she's not going to sleep well tonight. I know it. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just know. Or I wake <laughs> up before she wakes up, like just before she wakes up. That would happen a lot when she was young. It would be like, I'd be worried I would sleep because I'm such a heavy sleeper. I was so worried before becoming a mum that I would just sleep through. And yeah. you just wake up and then I'd roll over yeah. and she'd just be stirring. I'm like, that's weird. Like, it's so weird. And I love that part of it. I it's love the it. instinct. It's, yeah. it's the connection. You, you just know. It's just it's yeah. unexplainable. Yeah, it's, and it's you know, incredible. we've got to remember, we've got to remember that what we're feeling with our children is how our mummies feel about us, you know? Yeah. So like after this, I'm going to call my mum. <laughs> I speak to my mum 10 times a day. Like we voice oh, note back. Like, I wish I, I could. I still, I mean, we voice note. We don't Zoom every single day because she's working and she's busy. But like, mm. I still need her. I'm like, mum, I am a mum and I literally need you more than ever. Like I, I can't. And she's like, well, see, it never ends. I'm like, okay, I love that bit at the same time. Oh my God, <laughs> this is scary. Yeah. Um, but Ria, I wanted to ask you, so for any mums listening that are thinking mm. about going back to work or perhaps are sort of, they've had an idea or they're just kind of in that place where they, they want to kind of go into that next phase, but they're feeling really anxious. What is your advice? Um, so my advice would be to speak to someone like me because I mentor and coach small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, and I work with a lot of mummies, um, who are in, in exactly that position, mm. but if not me, just reach out to people, you know, who have done it themselves and just ask for advice and join, um, the mummy entrepreneur groups and the female entrepreneur groups. Um, again, make sure that you've got some kind of support network and help. So you have that freedom to explore without, mm. like you said, consist, consistently feeling like you can't fully really relax because only until you have that help are you allowed to focus on some projects and things. Um, so yeah, support system help, reach out to people who've done it, who've been there. Um, those would be my, my main pieces of advice. Okay, and I'll put your details in the show notes if anyone wants to get in touch with you. And I'll send you my new website. I've got a new website. Yeah, for that. please do get some coaching and some mental because I think you do need someone to hold your hand in that transition and mm -hmm. it can feel very overwhelming. And you know, you can really feel like, okay, I want to do this, but like, how? How do I get there? And sometimes we just need help. We just need help to get to that next, that next stepping stone. Um, yeah. what's coming up next for you, Rio? What what's in the pipeline for you and your businesses? Well, okay, so I have Bride Club, Home Club, The Big Proposals, which is a marriage proposal company. With my husband, we've got Hearst First Wi-Fi, which is doing really well, touch wood. But finally, so with the culmination of, uh, you know, like 20 years in media marketing sales, running the small businesses, I have finally decided to open myself out as a business mentor and consultant for small business owners and entrepreneurs. 
So RhiannonDowneyHurst.com is launching next month. Amazing. I will be taking bookings. I will be taking one-to-one mentoring and consulting sessions or series booking. So I'm really excited about that. That has been my lockdown um, baby. baby. That's what I've been focused on, building this website, working out my packages, um, believing because I did have a bit of imposter syndrome, like, oh gosh, everyone is going to think, oh, here she goes again. Here's another thing she's doing. And it's like, no, anybody that I've told, they've been like, yes, why now? You should have done it two, three years ago. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, these businesses, some of them have really struggled through COVID. Some of them have thrived through COVID. Um, but the one thing that I've learned is that I love helping people. I love helping people grow their businesses. I love advising, mentoring. And now it's time for me to really deep dive into that and embrace it. So that's what's next. I'm so happy you're doing this. And yeah, it's so difficult to drown out those insecurities. Yeah. Because, yeah like this is your calling this is what you should be doing so I can't wait to see the website I know you've been working really really hard on it um Ria we're going to do a little quick fire round now before I let you go back to your very busy day um your one piece of advice for first-time mums I mean you've given so much advice but if you had to pick one get help (laughs) I can I echo that like I'm literally like why did I not get help sooner I'm mental um yeah your one What's one thing you wish someone had warned you about before becoming a mum? Unsolicited advice. No, actually, people did warn me about that. One, one thing that people warned me about. Didn't warn you about. Oh, didn't warn you about. Mm. God, I think they warned me about everything. Or well, what's something you wish someone had sort of given you a heads up on? Oh, poo issues. Yeah. Like, just how to help a baby that needs to poo but can't yeah that was really stressful really I didn't go through colic actually Kai didn't spit up at all I thought I thought there was something wrong with him he never used to spit up or he was always a very clean like baby and and down there as well because he had constipation (laughs) but um I just wish that I had more advice on like poo issues (laughs) yeah totally I know we just become obsessed don't we um yeah favorite thing about being a mum oh that's so hard just to pinpoint um just watching this creation that you made grow into this wonderful loving empathetic human being just what just saying I made that you know and finally Rio what does motherhood mean to you in three words heart outside body (laughs) literally so true like a walking heart yeah yeah I really feel that Rio thank you so much I will put all your um handles and websites in the show notes below so people can find you and yeah just thank you for always just you're so honest always and real and um yeah thank you so much for coming oh thanks for having me I'm really proud of you and your journey with the podcast as well you're doing great thank you thank you Rio and hopefully we can actually see each other soon (laughs) inshallah (laughs) thanks Rio take care thank you so much once again to Rio for her time and for her refreshing honesty you can find links for Rio's website and Instagram accounts in the show notes below you can also find links below to our social media accounts along with info on our recently launched Meaningful Mama Mornings which take place every month here in Dubai 
With these Mama Mornings, we are so thrilled to be able to bring you a different expert guest in person each month from infant sleep consultants, weaning experts, parenting coaches, and so much more. So I really hope to see you at one of our events in the near future. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review and subscribe to Friday's Child the Podcast to help us reach more wonderful mamas. Until next time, thank you for listening.